All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. We're back after a, uh, I'm sorry it was so long, dear listeners, uh, holiday break, but we've got uh, Caroline with me as usual. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey. Happy uh, New Year. You too. <laughs> I, don't know if we've, I don't know if we've done one in January it's yet. It's been so a while. Happy New Year. We, we've yeah. had a bowl game. We've had mm-hmm. um, a bunch of basketball games. Allegedly. And, yeah, and we've got Paul Wiley rejoining us. Hello, Paul. What up, what up? How are you? Oh, I'm fine and dandy. Well, that's good. 2020 is off to a roaring start. It is, especially in the John Paul Jones arena. No, not roaring? Yeah, it's... Uh, well, there's... The who's are coming off three straight losses, so it's a good time to come back. A new semester, a new, a new season. <laughs> and, uh, discuss the basketball team, because it's been an interesting month. Following, I mean... It's like we sort of all hoped it wasn't coming, but all knew that it could be coming. Because uh, the, the, the issues for the team are things that we've seen all season long. You know, and like every podcast we've come on, every episode we've been like, the shooting's got to come together and they got to shore up the turnovers. And what hasn't happened? The shooting has <laughs> not come together and they have not shored up the, <laughs> the turnovers. So now they're no. losing games. Um, and, and things are getting a little, uh, I don't know, uncomfortable. I, I think we, we all thought that they would be probably easily a tournament team or, or um, at the very least. Uh, yeah, here's one thing I'll say. I think that this team is, with all of its flaws and issues that are happening, like you said, um, they, first of all, the shooters have a case of the yips. Like and those are contagious yeah. as hell, and they've got a case of the yips. It's like, clearly mental. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like it's I. <clears throat> so the issues that are going on are all extremely explainable in a very reasonable fashion, and that's why I think that I'm less. It's frustrating. Don't get me wrong. Like when you see a team turn it over, especially when you're watching a Virginia basketball team coached by Tony Bennett, that is known for not mm-hmm. fouling, not turning it over, having an efficient offense even if some people will say it's boring yada 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 all that stuff to see them do those things poorly is obviously frustrating and also now Virginia's lost in as many games or like they've lost three straight which is as many ACC losses as they've had in the last two seasons Mm -hmm. like so trying to wrap your head around all that is like one thing right um at the same time there are good things that are happening like I will say the offense is bad sorry the offense execution is I run. I have a hard time explaining this because I don't think that the motion is necessary. I think the idea. I loved the game plan against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you would hope that they'd hit one of the eight shots they took from outside yeah. in the first half, but really none of them were horrible shots. Where I was like, "Oh, why are you taking that?" Like that sort mm-hmm. of thing. They're getting looks, but they went inside. They were using, you know, key on the dribble drive. Like great, awesome. Um, so it's not necessarily necessarily that I think the offense like what they're setting up is broken it's just you got to make shots and you like you said you when you're turning over a lot the last team that you want to face is Florida State who Mm -hmm. leads the ACC in forcing turnovers because they all have the longest stretch Armstrong arms in the history of the universe but you can't do that against them Virginia had a chance to win that game on the road to help their resume Mm -hmm. and they did the most boneheaded things that you know that they hate it's not like they don't know that you shouldn't have a 10 second violation when you're trying to tie the game up with 40 seconds left but that's the stuff that's frustrating I think on 
overall, this is an average ACC team. It just looks mm -hmm. way worse to us because we're used to being an elite ACC team. So mm -hmm. they're going to lose a couple more games that we would think should be should wins. Don't put the cards away yet for Georgia Tech, by the way. Alvarado is a great player, and they should have beaten Duke at home. Um, I'm not saying it's a lost cause. I'm just saying, like, that Georgia Tech is not a walkover. No one in the ACC, I think, is this year, but that's just a whole other discussion. But I think that this team, if they clean up, what, six plays or the refs don't – I'm blaming the refs for the loss. Don't get me wrong. But there are situations in which if things – one or two things go a different way for this team, that's the difference between a win and a loss this year. Last year they had guys that could make up for that stuff. This year they don't. And that's just yeah. what it is. They're young and experienced and it's showing. And now they're just losing because of it. And guess what? It's fine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that when I say Virginia basketball has become unwatchable for me, it, it's literal. I have not watched a full game right. in a while. Um, part of that is because I keep, for instance, last night I turned on the Florida State game at the under four timeout of the first half, so that one's on me. Oh, yeah, that's your um, fault. <laughs> the the first game I like really went out of my way to make an effort to watch in its entirety was the Purdue game. So like I I really do feel like I've I have been just the the in Brian Leung of yeah watching. yeah yeah I wasn't gonna go there but yeah um, so I I will I have not watched very much of the games in real time mm -hmm. um what i have seen is I, I i am comfortable with the statement the offense is bad yeah. um <laughs> that, that it's a com that it is a combination of execution and the yips or, or mental confidence mm -hmm. whatever it is and i Think I have issues with the design that by this point of the season, a team that can't hit jump shots should not be running an offense that is predicated on creating open jump shots, which is what the offense, the, 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 the blocker mover and the variations that, that Bennett has used over the last couple of years has been. Um, our best players are not our guards. Our best players are not the outside shooters the mm -hmm. fact that this team doesn't try anything in transition I, it's it's it doesn't I, that that's I, a, I that's a, the, i know you hate the verb try no 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 i mean they've actually done more of it this year like that's one thing that i think from not watching some of the games if you've missed them or whatever they have actually highlights yeah they have actually done much better in transition because and okay, i think that they actually fair. played that's better fair. They played faster against Florida State. The last couple of games, they've mm -hmm. seemed to make a cognizant yeah. effort to actually take advantage of those situations. And Coach Bennett made a joke after one of the games that since they finally got rid of that bum, Ty Jerome, they could push the pace. Right. Um, okay. So, th so they've done so, – so, but I, I agree, like, in some okay, of those – I, I, I appreciate the correction because I, that's, that's the, like, the, the bottom line end of the day point for me is you got to do something different. And, and the, yeah. like, the, this offense is, like – like me as a base runner in little league that I might be inefficient, but at least I'm also slow. And like, it's, it's so frustrating to see them butt their head against the wall because I, I do feel like doing more in transition is the right. There, there's that. You just got to see shots go in 
sort of old adage. And, and I think it's true of this team that right now there is a huge confidence issue and getting into transition where they're either making layups or shooting off of, you know, inside out feeds off of, off of drives to the basket that that's where this offense could maybe find itself. I still don't have much hope that they will. Um, this is, this is the worst offense Tony Bennett has ever had. Oh yeah. Yeah. By a long shot. No, I I don't mean at Virginia, like going back to the Washington state days, it's the worst by far. The only reason this is a mid-level ACC team is because they have a historically efficient defense. The defense is great. And that's one of the things, look, there's, and we can, I want to have a discussion about, you know, the role Kihei Clark has played in this and the differences and, and you know, this is 1 million percent, everyone knows that this is a directly a result of the big three leaving for the NBA and that Virginia is a program that brings in four-year players. They rely on developing guys. Like, sure, Absolutely. you know that Dre is leaving. There's the potential for Ty leaving. But even if this team just has a Kyle, like, it's a very different look, right? Um, so asking, you know, I saw someone call Kihei a veteran today because, like, oh, a veteran can't have that many turnovers. One, he cannot have that many turnovers it's you're gonna you're gonna lose games uh two well, probably two of those are a little bit bullshit but that's fine uh the carry was a bad call in the offensive foul question mark but whatever so even seven turnovers is still too many um but he's also like you're looking at a team that's made up with what virginia had last year with kyle guy was an elite off ball cutter mover whatever you want to say like mm-hmm. He, he even made Joe Harris look bad at doing that. And, like, like Virginia's had two of, the, I think, the best in the country at moving off ball in the last six years, right, between Joe and Kyle. So the, uh, that's what is, I think, a huge piece of what's missing is the off-ball movement is just not remotely close to as strong as it was last year. And that's creating issues for setting up passes and setting up good shots or whatever else you want to say. Um, and also that's part of it with like, I think Kihei could make a few more mistakes last year when you're throwing the ball to three future NBA players, they help make up a little bit. Of the, you know, like sure. if you're passing yeah. it to an NBA player and then passing yeah, it to, go in. Right. yeah, in pass or passing it to a transfer who's still getting used to things and had a wrist injury when he got to UVA or a second year who had minimal minutes over the course of last season um, that has, I, I want to I want to give Cody and Casey just a hug and tell them it'll be okay, guys. The, there was a moment at the Syracuse game, and Cody did not miss a three a three point shot in warmups. Like it was, I'm telling you, it was automatic. Like yeah. every single thing that left his hand went in. Right. There was a moment early in the game, and he passed up an open three that he should have taken, and the crowd made a noise. And I'm not blaming. This is not like a how oh, dirt. Just the collective grown of like realizing that that was a good shot that he passed up and that he shouldn't have done that at that moment I was like he's not he's not gonna do anything in this game his confidence is so shot and I don't know what you do there he shoots the ball like it's an it's I mean he he, at least Thomas shoots the ball like he knows how to shoot a basketball Thomas looks like someone who's been taught and coached to shoot a basketball and they're just not going in that much and Cody it's clearly mental because he he hitches he you can see him even when he does shoot it part of his brain's going man maybe I should have passed yeah he's overthinking it I mean it's it's terrible Um, yeah it's and it's one of it's hard too because he has a he has a very set wind up 
right? Like, so again, when we're talking about comparing people to last year, which is difficult to do because again, that team was outstanding. Um, Kyle could get a shot off like that. You know what I mean? Like he ran around a screen and that thing is out of his hands in a second. Cody, Cody needs a windup. And that is what it is. There are different shooters that are spot-up shooters that are shooters off screens, off curls, whatever. Cody needs the time. And sometimes like it'll get to him with two seconds left on the shot clock and he's rushing a shot that he's already overthinking. And that's in, you know, Virginia, anything, this is like folks online, any idea that you have, any like suggestions, I guarantee you that coach Bennett and the staff has already thought of it. Like they're probably already talking to Bob or I don't know. I don't they're know. Probably knows how to shoot a basketball. <laughs> like, you know, like there's, it's just, a, and the other thing that I think to would be fair to point out is some, you know, being a leader is tough. It's not something that everybody is built to do. Right. And this is, you know, again, Kihei's a second year. He's learning stuff still. He had the benefit of learning and growing and making mistakes next to two of the best point guards Virginia has ever had. Now he's a leader. People talk about him like he's a veteran. (laughs) He's a second year. Like he's not even, you know, he's not even halfway through his second season. And not everybody is designed, and I'm not trying to do, I'm not insulting Diakite, I'm not insulting Braxton Keith. They're also trying to learn these roles. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. all of these things together is where it's just kind of like, this is not unexpected or could not have been predicted. Like, and it's easy just to say at home, like clean up the turnovers are so lazy and trash. Like it's just a side effect of all the pieces trying to fit together. And you're asking guys who should have been, this is like when Jack Salt had to start because Austin Nichols got kicked off the team. Like you're asking people to step into roles that, based on the way that recruiting was done and staggering that they shouldn't have had to do for at least another year, if not more, if, if ever, no offense. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell, you know, these recruiting classes haven't worked out. Right. Like, like obviously Kihei came in and filled a great position as the, you know, limited offense distributor bulldog on defense on a team that had scores and on a team that had, um, you know, guys who could get in the lane and, and create their own offense and obviously hit shots. And there's none of that on, to either guy. I mean, Braxton to some degree gets into the lane well, and I don't know who hit shots. Mamadi to, and then Kia is the best, I guess, you know, yeah. my, my point being that, you know, you look at um, Kia's class with Statman and Confaro, and then the class before that are two guys who aren't here anymore. And so that's two years where you're not bringing in anything that is complimentary, mostly because they're physically not here or the, you know, the, the other one is a, a lightly reserved center and then it's not working out yet for Statman. So if you want to rely on Kihei to run the offense, you need it to be against Virginia Tech apparently <laughs> what we've seen is that was that was a clear example of tony or whoever in the coaching staff determining a weakness on the other team and taking advantage of it and changing the offense to it i mean it, they, they were clearly running the iso key on Beatty, uh who was defending him over and over and over and even multiple times in a possession if it didn't work the first time they cleared it out and came back and ran the same play again and they did it for a stretch of you know double digit possessions at the end of the first half and to start the second half against tech and that's where UVA sort of cemented hey we're going to win this game uh, no matter what the Hokies do 
and the Hokies spent the whole game missing three-pointers, so it didn't really matter. But it was cool to see some adjustment there. What we haven't seen is the ability to do that against other teams. Maybe it's a personnel thing. Certainly, FSU is always going to have guys who are going to keep. I think in those. Playing guard. But I don't know what else you can do besides start hitting shots to be successful. Yeah. Don't turn it over and hit a couple more shots a game. And they literally win two of the last three. And it's tough. Like you look at it too. And I don't hate, like when, if Kihei's not going to get those calls against Florida state, there were a couple of times I thought he got hit enough to get a, the way that the game had been called. I thought that he was fouled a couple of times on some of those takes to the basket. But if you're not going to get those, then that's where you're like, okay, why are you still doing them? Like the one time that like, it looked like, when I would babysit and play basketball against the kid I was babysitting and swat yeah, it away and be like, what up? Yeah. Like, I mean, granted they got that possession back, like whatever. Um, so yeah, I see in that. And, but I also like that they had other people bringing the ball up against yeah. Florida state. So I think there are adjustments being made, which is, po- which is, I mean, that's what, I mean, no one, no one at this point is questioning whether or not Tony Bennett is a good coach. Like Kihei has to play. Kihei what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, no what are you going to, he played 45 minutes against Syracuse. Like, and I, this is the thing. And I don't know how, and I know that what the pack line is predicated on defensively and like, okay, if you're going to beat us, you have to hit shots. Mm-hmm. But I go back to looking at that kid for, for like South Carolina, right? Like how do we get these kids that hit? He was four for six from three. He has made one since then. Like I didn't look at the stat line last night mm-hmm. when South Carolina beat Kentucky, but Boston College was making shots that I guarantee you they will not make the rest of the season. Mm. And I'm not excusing the way that the offense played or any of those things. But you look at some of the shots that go in that, you know, the ones that do go in over the defense, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. It's like, Polite was four for four. Don't slack off him. How are you letting him get (laughs) shots that open? But that kid went four for four from beyond the arc last night. But you have to be good enough to beat teams that are, you know, shooting unusually well that night, like in order to succeed in. Elite, right. I'm right? saying I'm putting it more in the column of like, of the, there's a slim margin and you can't yeah. turn it over, shoot 15% from three. You also can't have like, I'll just chalk it up to like, if the other team's doing a, a Purdue and shooting it out their ass, like Purdue was so angry. There was no chance Virginia was going to win that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've seen also frustration on offense impacting the defense. You know, I think it's more normally said, well, if, if you know, you, you don't, if you run a good defense, it'll spur your good offense. Like when we're playing well, that's what, what coach Bennett often says. But I think, I think we've seen it work in the opposite direction that if the offense is getting, you know, in their heads that they're missing these shots and they get frustrated, then they get a little out of their heads on defense and give up say, uh, you know, five threes morning. in overtime. Exactly, right? I've never seen anything like that in my life. And the and first and half that, against FSU. Yeah. And I think that creates a de- like kind of a death spiral that yeah. if yes. you're shaky on offense leads to being shaky on defense, Bennett's going to pull you from the game. Like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. you're not, you're not going to have a chance to shoot out of a slump if your offensive slump is making you sloppy on defense. And I yeah. think it's, it's definitely happened to Cody that I one of I don't remember which game it was that there was the defensive mix up with that he and Braxton in transition went to the same person 
and and left somebody wide open for three and yeah. you, and and Bennett called a timeout immediately Spurious. and you could see Cody and Braxton like Cody said that was my bad mm-hmm. and it was one of those like I felt I really really in that moment yeah felt as bad for him as I have at any mo- other the that in the moment that Kihei like slapped his thighs after he passed the ball to Cody and Cody passed up an open shot. It may have been that same groaning crowd moment. Yeah. But as the team is getting visibly frustrated with one another, that is the, 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 that is part of what's making it unwatchable for me is just the, the cringe worthiness of, they don't look like they're having fun. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's it. I want to, I, I want to see yeah. the team do well, but part of what made, last year's team so much fun to watch and so easy to root for was that those were some of the swaggiest mofos (laughs) yeah and as they were winning and doing just ridiculous stuff they were so obviously having fun doing it and this year's team just they look like someone is asking them to clean out a toilet with their bare hands every. <laughs> and the, I mean the pre- like think it like the pressure and these guys again like like Pierce said like imagery. yeah <laughs> winning winning is clearly so much more fun and trying they're trying to figure out this season and the you know like and we talked about it before I think with you know Bennett decided not to lease the future to get to go all out or like transfers or recruits or whatever it is knowing who's coming in next year and really saying like this year we're going to try and put this patchwork puzzle together we're going to see what happens and this is why I haven't given up like I'm not I haven't given I'm not writing this team off like I said there are a few even with 19 18 turnovers against the number nine team on their court Virginia like had a chance to tie the game like and that's why I think, elite de- defense gets you, right? Like you yeah, and that's what games. they're getting opportunities to do these things because of that elite defense. And I will say, I you know, they there's no quit. These guys aren't giving up, which and uh, that shouldn't be something that you're like, well, good job, like you didn't give up, like. But yeah. you know, it's dealing with this new norm or figuring out everything where you really feel that there's no go. To, I mean, obviously, there's no like comfortable go-to scorer. But in the last four losses, so South Carolina and then the three ACC games, Virginia has gotten back in it after trailing by seven, eight, twelve points, whatever it might be. But then that's when they struggle again, right? So they'll take the lead, and then there's this vibe you can kind of feel of like they want to possessions, but that they're drawing out the offense in a weird way that slows down all of the stuff that they did so well to get back into the game or take the lead or whatever it is. Um, and so that's the stuff. And that's hard to figure out. That's where you'd give the ball to tie. You'd give the ball to Dre, like let right. them do some stuff. Right. Now the question is like, you know, and I appreciate like the turn, the last turnover that Kihei had, like trying to get that ball into Diakite where Diakite had really done well in the paint and worked their man, like even against Syracuse in that last shot of regulation, like they worked the ball into the guy in the paint Diakite looked, he got closed in on, made the smart pass for a high percentage shot from the best three-point shooter on the team. I'm not mad at that at all. So, like, that's where it's kind of like you got to take these goods with these really frustrating bads. And that's why I think that if they – I don't know how you get that many – the confidence is is contagious. Like, it's an issue. Like, Yeah. yeah. I I think you're right that the aggressive plays are better than the passive – in action, yeah. you know, to, to some degree. Obviously, some of the aggressive plays uh, involve, 
attempted lobs that just so many attempted lobs <laughs> stands or, or fling off the backboard but you know it, it all it all circles back to the same shit right like like yeah they, they look like they're scared to shoot they don't run on offense much they they you know defer 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 and I, our, our buddy Bennett Conlon of the Progress had this in a tweet. Virginia has been outscored 43-19 to 19 in the final five minutes of their last three games. These three losses, all of which have been losses, but all of which they had the lead in those final five minutes of each game. So that's 15 minutes, 43-19. to 19. That's insane. That's, yeah. that's the opposite of last year's team. And I know, yeah, we've got different dudes. <laughs> yep, and that's where the different dudes show up. Like, that's, yeah. that, that, that's the, it all ties into this, just this passiveness. I mean, I, you know, I know soft sounds mean, but it's soft. Like they, 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 yeah, that's, that's what that means. I think it could be, I think it could be attributed to exhaustion as much as like, that those sure. last when few you're minutes, tired, like, you whether it's soft. whether it's me- whether it's mentally exhausted. No, I, I don't like soft. They reach, I don't like they reach they reach their they reach their limit and this year's the limit for each of the players on this year's team is much lower than last year is either it's either lower than last year's or and i think what is perhaps a more a little bit more charitable position to take is that the limit is the same but they have to expend so much to get even the level of offense that they're getting that it it drains the tank at 37 minutes instead of it having a full. <laughs> I, I think I just don't like soft. And I'm not saying that this is when I hear soft, I think of it as like an insult that guys use to other guys to imply that they're like not masculine enough to get stuff done. That's like what I hear. I don't like I, that's I just don't like soft. Like I don't like, oh, uh, you're soft, man. Like that kind of thing. Like I, I just don't, you know, that was really, you could tell I was super intimidated when I said that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's, I, mean, I don't like, know what you every time Jay Huff tries to catch a rebound. What happens? <laughs> he either he... doesn't get his hands on it or he gets his hands on it and someone Brings on the it other down. team takes it out of his hands. Like that's yeah. what I mean by soft. I want him to be stronger with it. That's exactly. like and I know and it's the like very of strong is soft to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and we like, haven't and talked about Huff at, at all. And I mean right. talk about frustrating performances he is visibly frustrated yeah every time and uh, it's got to be brutal for him um because you know he sees it he knows the fans see it i'm sure the coaches and he, yeah and he knows that's where this stuff is gets real so you know like you talk about the syracuse game mm-hmm. a game that again went to overtime and he was you know well i guess technically he was in regulation he should have been two for six but lane violation negated one of the shots um but yeah one for five in regulation and he was visibly frustrated with it it's like the that's the stuff that when you're when you talk to them after the game that it's hard that's where i get like where the keyboard warriors really start to annoy me because like not one of them would say any of the things that they type into the comments to jay huff's face like and it gives it more of like a realism to it. Like it was like same thing when um, Devin Hall missed the free throws against Virginia Tech and Tech ended up winning that one ACC game that Virginia lost in that 2018 season. I don't even remember. Like, that's a going to walk out. The one, one <laughs> loss. But it's just I, what I'm trying to say with all this is like, yes, the frustration is so visible. And I mm. – it's hard. It's hard for them as a team, just as much as it is for fans. When you're 
like I said, Virginia fans are used to seeing now two back-to-back seasons with a grand total of three losses. And Virginia has had that in three games or in the last three games, they've lost three times. So everybody has to adjust to expectations and knowing that people are frustrated because they see that this team can be so much better. If you cut out some of the things that we're not used to seeing, like the turnovers and even just the turnovers, if they yeah. score, I mean, you just look in duh, hello, you know, don't give them the ball, but you know, the teams that are scoring 13 and 18 points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. like that is just, you can't, what do you do with that? Like, you can't win games like that. Right. Like, and there, and other teams would have worse points off of turnovers after that, but because the defense saves their asses sometimes, but that's the thing that, yeah, I, Jay has so many, it's just, it's the, it's Mike Toby a little bit, you know, like you see all the potential yeah. and the outside shots and that he can make threes that he can fake it and drive and one hand dunk. And Lord knows I've never been seven foot tall. So I don't know. <laughs> like. Paul has for a little bit. So yeah, Paul, who's that no. like? Well, yeah, until I got my second knees amputated. Right. Was, Clearly, like, he had three, two thighs. Seven feet tall is not going to make you a good basketball player, right? Although I know statistics say like X number of people who are seven feet tall are professional <laughs> basketball. You know, it's 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 an absurdly high number. But he's he's got that that tall guy. I don't quite move my arms as good. He still as, has a baby, a baby giraffe. It's a baby giraffe <laughs> yes, on ice. Yes. Like that's, is, you know, it's not working <laughs> to, to, in some ways. It works in others. And it, I'm not trying to be, I'm not saying that, that you know, I, I dislike Huff or anything, but he's, he's got a lot of all the things we're frustrated about all wrapped up into one because we see potential we've seen the highlight real stuff they can do and when he does the highlight real stuff it's it's as fun as anybody we've ever watched in a UBA <laughs> yes doing highlight real stuff but those have become less frequent um than yeah. the frustrating stuff and that comes with more minutes which he's finally getting but you're sort of seeing why <laughs> like you know the past two yeah. years you know people have been like where's half minutes where you know bring yeah. him on and now now we're getting the the bad with the good in bigger chunks and seeing why it's a, you know he's been on the bench for I, I, and I really think he's he is the quintessential case as we say like it's it's everything that we're frustrated about wrapped up into one and that includes for me at least what the solution seems to be which mm-hmm. is make them think less yeah right, yeah, yeah right now the reason yeah. they're passive and I think the reason their confidence is shot is no pun intended is is because they're they're not as innately familiar with the offense um and for guys that have some of it is because they've you know they've been there a year or two but not had the floor experience whatever it is what if if it's just you know mental disconnect with with things happen um and it's i it really looks like so much of it is after each missed shot it's was my were my mechanics off or was that a shot i shouldn't have taken because the next time they'll see, like, if they get that same look again, they'll pass. Or so. I just, I think yeah. that's part of why transition seems like it's the answer. But if if there's, I, I get that if if what Bennett sees in this season as it's kind of a lost year, it in terms of we're not going to get back to the same mountaintop. Sure. So what we need this year to be is a learning experience and we need to keep running the same stuff so that 
later when these guys are better, they're going to be really, really good. And, and so I, I can understand the impulse, not that that's why you don't change things this season. Um, but I, I do worry that there's a, a, that a guy like Cody, if the rest of the year goes like this, his confidence never comes back. And maybe he doesn't either. Mm-hmm. Th- th- there's just that, that you really run the risk of guys getting so discouraged that it becomes a multi-year funk as opposed to, well, 2020 sucked. Let's move. <laughs> I saw so it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think, I think it's somewhere in between like, I don't think – I think this team still has a relatively – like, they – I think this team is going to beat some teams that you wouldn't expect them to. Well, they have to if they, they want to make the tournament. Yeah, they <laughs> they have to if they want to make the tournament. I think they have four really quality games left, two against Louisville, one against Duke, and one more against Florida State. I think at this point you have to take three of them, and then you have to get another win over Virginia Tech. You probably have to – well, maybe two of them. I don't know. It all depends where people uh, shake out. Oof. Like, Virginia yeah. fans – Virginia fans should legitimately start rooting for Virginia Tech for the rest of the season because those wins are seemingly getting better as it goes on, right? Um, it's going to be important to get the wins against, like, Wake Forest. If you get an NC State win, that could actually go a lot right. further than you'd think. They, like, they need to c- cover at home. You know, they need to win these yeah. games they're supposed to be winning, and they need to pull an upset. At least one, two would yeah. be better. And obviously, you know, so on. And you've I, got the ACC term. You do, like, this team – and, again – I don't, think five, I don't think 500 in the ACC guarantees you that. No, I don't oh, think. Oh, definitely not guarantees. The way that it shakes out this year. A lot of years as no, as absolutely. Does. I don't think so either. And, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I joke about this. Obviously, I have to bring this up because <laughs> Jack Salt. Uh, I think he's a bigger <laughs> loss on the offense than people would actually give him credit for. I think he would have had 30 points against Syracuse. <laughs> I think the Jack Salt we saw at the end who was finishing around the rim and yeah. catching the ball and not letting other guys take it away from him and I mean, getting yeah. some free throws. No, yeah. Jack Salt would have had that Syracuse game um, like a, a Like the buffet, NC State like game? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a grill buffet. I'm I mean, also you. in the sense that this is a, again this offense is predicated you gotta you like guys use screens constantly yeah. and nobody set them back you know like it, it's just that's what we're getting used to is like this different stuff like people make fun of me and my screen jokes but i'm serious it did matter and no one understood the offense better than jack salt did so that's when you're refilling all the people with these different positions and all this stuff but the season is in no way lost like it, well, I want to talk about the, the further games. Uh, yeah, let's I mean, yeah, let's get into stretch, it. You know, t- tomorrow by the time you hear this is is Georgia Tech on the road, yeah. which is huge opportunity because Georgia mm-hmm. Tech is a middle of the road. They're not a bottom feeder ACC team. No. They're very much a middle of the road team. And then they've got a quick turnaround. Two nights later, they've got State at home. You got to win both game. those games. Got to win. Both. I mean, mathematically, they're not must wins, but just to be yeah. realistic about what it says, you've got to go beat the teams that are slightly worse than you, hopefully, on the road, <laughs> and you've got to yes. hold serve. Uh, you know, at the JPJ against, against comparable teams, teams, and I think right. NC State's a comparable team this year. And you can't just. You, I mean, if they don't win those games, you're looking at those harder asks down the road at yeah. Louisville. I mean, we don't know what to expect from Clemson. They have to play FSU in 12 days, you know, and, <laughs> and that's at home. But it really, really gets tough if they lose, honestly, either of these next two to look at yeah. this as a tournament team. I think 12 and 8 in the ACC would pretty – you know, it, it doesn't sound 
that impressive considering how they could lose 12. <laughs> like if we look at the teams, you know, if they beat the, the bad ones and, and don't beat the good ones, they can get to 12 without um, having a single quality win. Yeah. And that's hard. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those power five teams that have those type of resumes don't get in off the bubble, but the things they would have going for them are the fact that the, the win total will look good. Um, the, the defending champs and raining rest of the, yeah, defending champs means that Caroline, I know it bothers you, nope. but that's just antics. <laughs> They're not is, defending anything. It's theirs. That's, that's what that <laughs> phrase means. It's a commonly accepted term. I don't like they it. are the defending champions because they have the championship that they won. Anyway, they, the other thing they've got going for them is that the rest of college basketball seems to be bad, you know? Or, also uh, true. Right. There are like 350 bubble teams this year. Yeah, right? you're going to hear the statement, they have to get to 68 somehow a lot of times. And this <laughs> right, is where right. I saw a lot of people lamenting, look, the non-con was not sexy. I get it. Some of that is just a side effect of you schedule these things far out. You know, South Carolina was added after they made the final four. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't turn out to be as good still. And then Virginia lost to them anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I mean, that's I mean, we're not all great. big Gamecocks fans for sure. If they can keep <laughs> up and beating Kentucky and, and yeah. make some noise in the SEC. That looks yes. No one's a bigger South Carolina fan than Will. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a huge <laughs> South Carolina. But, you know, and then you look the at same like. Same goes for Purdue when you expect to play in these, you know, mid early season tournaments and the teams that are in that also don't like aren't as fancy, you know, like whatever. And, and losing to Purdue, which was an unranked team. Like when you thought like they thought it would be super fun and great because it's, you know, Oh, the lead eight over again when like both teams are ridiculously different and whatever else. So mm-hmm. I get it, but that's, it is what it is. The non-con wasn't great. And they didn't have then the Arizona state win being your best win in the non-con is not going to go real far. Mm-hmm. Could I drop my hot take for the rest of the season? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I kind of hope they don't make the NCAA tournament this year. And, like, I would rather them lose in the third round of the NIT in a game that no one's watching than lose by 40 to somebody in the NCAA tournament. Like a 2017 God, Redux? God forbid lose to, you know, say this team gets – crazy hot and, and ends up a six seed like you know gets gets upset by a double digit seed. I think 12 and it, like 12 five well yeah right they're like, they're, this they're team, if this yeah. team's making the tournament they're playing in dayton like yeah right. like there is a they non very much non-zero part of me that's like just lose in obscurity <laughs> like, just don't don't get yourself into a position to to fuel the the slack jawed bar stool corner of the internet yeah. saying that yeah. oh it was just a fluke look Virginia still can't yeah. I don't agree no. but Anyways. I see what you're saying <laughs> this I is also like think... this is like the Orange Bowl debate again but yeah. different yeah. Yeah. no yeah this is this, this is my this is a house money season right. and yeah. I'm I mean, I'm excited for college basketball to start again in earnest next year the most <laughs> the, I think the most realistic thing on like what's probably going to happen is they're going to win uh, some of these games that they should win. Maybe maybe not the next two, right? I'm not calling that. But they're going to win enough ACC games that once we get closer to March, you're going to start looking on paper at those second-tier Power 5 conference teams, and UVA is going to look pretty good. I think what's we're going to be frustrated as this season continues, and I think they're going to win enough to actually be pretty comfortable because – 
they have the name recognition and everybody else seems to also be bad. Like, like we were saying, the reasons that it'll work out. So hopefully that's the case. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I that's think... best case scenario is what's most likely to happen. I'd very much like to avoid the 2017 huge loss to Florida type thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yuck. I'd rather have an, this, and here's the thing too, this, when it all is in perspective, and I know that you guys understand this is perspective wise, like Virginia hasn't had a three game losing streak since 2017 in February. They haven't lost, you know, road game in the ACC, you know, like, and you do all the numbers and the math and that's stuff that frankly, it shouldn't have been as sustainable as it was, you know, over 2018 and 2019 to have a ridiculous road record where you only lost one game on the road in conference play um, over those two seasons is absurd. I think it was like 17 and one on the road over those two seasons. And like for comparison, like Duke was 12 and six and Carolina was 13 and five and Duke lost like at Boston college. Like that's what people do in the ACC. Normally Virginia was, absolutely the outlier with the domination of the conference and that's what has made it so impressive yeah, yeah. so this year is not what it should be the norm but it's definitely like this is what people experience as acc teams and this is what we normally do to people like mm-hmm. even the games that are close and then they win anyway and everyone who's watching at home is like well that was boring like what we just did to florida state or what florida state just did to virginia mm-hmm. is normally mm-hmm. what virginia is doing to other people so i think that they can still if you get one consistent shooter and you get that turnover percentage like where, down, where is this shooter? Coming? Like, I, here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. These guys aren't actually bad. Like, are they as good as the other guys? No, but they like Casey Morsell. I have complete faith is going to be a good basketball player for the University of Virginia. Don't write him off. Like, this is no, probably no, the first no. time in his, I, I've seen. I'm I'm giving up on him. He's trash. Like that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. It's, it's, don't I don't know. Miss me with that nonsense. Like, <laughs> it's he's played 15 games, and honestly, the way that you know, he, this is probably the first time in his career that he's struggled. So this is the like you got to figure that shit out. Like, I get it. So yeah, it's a freshman. Yeah, I'm just and saying. I'm not even I don't saying, know where this the the shooting's going to come from. I did. You know, I'm not even saying that he needs to shoot 50 percent every game because that's not going to happen but if if those guys combine to make four three <laughs> but that's such a huge ask is that like <laughs> that's three dudes i'm asking to make four three you know, i like, know but they can't do it they, <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> at know. this point they have the capabilities what i'm saying because i think that this is a mental thing not the not a physical they are horrible basketball and should never mm-hmm. have even stepped on an ACC court. That's what I'm saying is the difference. Like, but that's extending it. To, uh, to, uh, <laughs> we, we haven't seen them as a unit be able to do that. Tomas has actually been relatively good over the last like four games. That, if we're looking at numbers. I'm thinking relatively good is. Well, is, if he's sitting out, <laughs> going out there making three for four from three, that mm-hmm. you take that every day of the week. And he's done that in several of these games. What I'm saying is like, if you get Casey to make, to get to score six points, seven points, that that makes right. a huge difference. Right. And it's two, three shots for me. Not even has to be threes. That's all I'm saying. It's like, get one of these guys, get Cody to play how he did against Boston College where he had some confidence on the drive, got to the rim. Like, he's more, he's, again, sneaky athletic, hashtag. Like, that's all I'm saying. It's like, I don't think, that's where I'm like, if one or two of these guys gets just a little bit more consistent, that makes yeah. all the difference that combined with way. not burning it over every goddamn right. possession for 20% of the time. 
Well, I, th- I mean, you're right. Yeah, a, a little more consistency and the close losses are, are more likely to be close wins. It's just that we're however many games into the season and they haven't had that consistency. And I, th- I think that is one thing that we didn't specifically bring up in this is that it's been impossible for the coaching staff to narrow down what is the best approach for a lineup because they're so streaky because it seems like a different answer even in the wins it's been a different answer of like who of these wings is going to actually succeed tonight um and if you keep you know then they then it's the, the one guy does well like casey does well and they throw him out and then it's nothing and thomas does yeah. well and then the next team it's nothing and cody etc so i mean it's got to be um maddening as, as a coaching staff so at least he looks a little bit more comfortable with that stupid yeah, brace true. like that's and, the other part yeah. of it we throw in there is a guy that is expected to do a whole bunch is literally playing one-handed but they um, clearly need him to be the best player i mean obviously you can argue momity but there's just some of that um, scoring ability, that individual scoring ability they, they keep bringing yeah. that they've got to rely on because no one seems to be able to hit it outside shot. So we've, we've talked in circles at great length about all, all the, the frustrating things, uh, but we'll, we'll be back soon to hopefully talk about uh, some celebratory answers to these questions that we're posing. We're going to come back and Cody's going to have a 20-point game. If, if we have to do more podcasts like this, I'm going to have to start like submitting receipts to insurance for oh, yeah. actual therapy. Don't worry. Look, cross season starts soon. Literally, right. very that, soon. That like, extraordinarily good soon and i can't i'm not ready it's gonna be cold and and baseball um (laughs) so we'll be back hopefully to talk about some celebratory stuff but also um you know there's plenty of time to look for the rest of the schedule as well as talk about those incoming guys next year and how some of them or all three of them might be uh, answers to these problems pretty specifically so until then stay tuned to the blog uh, for all the coverage that we're providing on there and until next week Go Hoops.